You are listening to episode 33 of the EU Startups podcast. Today with Goodiebox CEO Rasmus Schmiegelo, who is on a mission to create relationships between beauty and cosmetic brands and consumers. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the EU Startups Podcast. I hope you had a great start in 2023, and I hope to meet you in person at this year's EU Startup Summit on April 20 and 21st in beautiful Barcelona. The event will gather over 2,000 founders, startup enthusiasts, and investors for two days of networking, inspiration, and learning. Tickets are now available. And before we jump into today's interview, I'm delighted to introduce our new podcast sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Vanta, helping you scale security practices and automate compliance for the industry's most thought-after standards. To close and grow major customers, you have to demonstrate trust, but proving your security and compliance can be time-consuming, tedious and expensive, especially for startups. Unless you use Vanta. Vanta automates up to 90% of the work for the most thought-after compliance standards like SOC2 and ISO 27001 and gets you audit ready in weeks instead of months. With Vanta, you get up to 400 hours of your time back and reach up to 85% in cost savings. And for a limited time, EU startups listeners get $1,000 off Vanta. Just go to vanta.com forward slash EU startups to get started. And now, without further ado, I'm handing over to my colleague Patricia and to today's interview guest. So today we are joined by Rasmus, who is the CEO and founder of Goodiebox. Based in Denmark, Goodie Box can be seen as really one of the pioneers in the subscription beauty box industry. And the company has scaled at a really fast pace, especially this year. And they're now operating in 13 countries across Europe, including the likes of Poland, France, Spain, and Italy. The company's one that's really immersed in the beauty industry and, and is really paving quite interesting ways forward. And they are prioritizing things like empowerment and encouraging positivity, which is a really refreshing beat for, for this sector, in my opinion. And so I'm really looking forward to hearing more from Rasmus about the vision behind the company and his, his future plans for it. So Rasmus, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a real privilege to have you. Now, thank you so much for the invitation, Patricia. Really been looking forward to it. So no, much appreciated. So I mean, <laughs> Could you share with us as well, just to begin with, then a little bit about your personal entrepreneurial journey? Have you always had kind of business in your blood? Did you always see yourself founding such a company? I think it's uh, it's definitely not been straightforward for me. Uh, so I my background is actually as an M and A lawyer, and and lawyers being more or less the most risk adverse people you can find uh, on earth. So that I mean that was not in my cards that I should end up as sure. an entrepreneur or have a have a startup business. So I I mean. I went the completely traditional route, going to law school, university, starting at a law firm in Copenhagen, and then, and then in London. And at some point, I wanted to do something more uh, commercial, so I uh, uh, I joined uh, one of the great Danish companies called Maersk. It's a yeah traditional plus hundred year old mm -hmm. company. Uh, 
but working in-house with the M&A. But then I wanted to do something even more commercial. And I started the, uh, a company with my best friend, Nikolai, who's actually also the co-founder of Goodie Box. That was like way back in 2006. And uh, uh, I don't know, have you read the, uh, the book uh, Lean Startup? I have. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's really good. We actually did completely the opposite uh, back in two thousand six. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we uh, we made all the mistakes you could make. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, yeah, developing for way too long before we had a product for the consumers and so forth. But uh, so a great learning experience, probably also a bit expensive. Uh, um, so uh, but got a lot of great learnings that we have uh, we have used in in Box. So but but my route into entrepreneurship is. I don't know if there's a, like a, a playbook or a, a white paper for how to be an entrepreneur, but I was older uh, when I started Goodie uh, uh, Box together with uh, with Nikolai, so I, I was in my late thirties uh, at that time and uh, and done a lot of like traditional business and uh, legal mm-hmm. stuff and uh, uh, so. But it's been. Like with every startup, there's definitely the ups and downs and the highs and lows, sure. and that has also been the case for for Goodie Box. And in that sense, I'm I feel privileged because I was uh, a bit older and had a bit more experience before uh, yeah. co-founding Goodie Box. So yeah, and it's always you know good you can look back on those experiences too when things don't go wrong. It's it doesn't yes, necessarily become a bad thing. It's it's a learning experience and something it is. you can take forward and and improve the next time. Yeah. So yeah, there's no you, direct route. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then you, you set up Goodie Box in, in 2012. Um, what was the inspiration behind it? Uh, yeah, so um, Nikolai, uh, uh, my co founder, and I, we, we always wish to make a business of our own and uh, a business that we would have loved to be employed by ourselves. Um, and then also coming from a, uh, a legal background where we can see in, in law firms that even though in, when you go in law school, it's 50-50 between men and women, maybe there's even a bit more women at, at law school, but then you go into the law firm and you're looking at the partners, it's uh, less than 5% uh, that are actually women. So we wanted to build a a company that one, we would have loved to be employed by ourselves, but also that are uh, looking into much more of a balanced way of, uh, of treating uh, uh, people and actually do, and actually do good. Not, I mean, we're not curing cancer or COVID or, uh, but we want to build a company where we didn't have like consumers, but we had friends or members okay. and really being eye to eye. So yeah, exactly. Um, so where we um, also a company that could last for tens or hundreds of years. So not just build a company that we could flip or sell within a couple of years, but that could be something we yeah would also be proud of looking back and when we I mean when we are eighty and not just say yeah now we're going to build a company, sell it, build another company and sell it. So uh, try to build something that is lasting and and sustainable. So it. It ended up being beauty, but that was not because neither Nikolai and myself are like uh, were passionate about beauty, or we were. Okay. We knew we wanted to build a direct-to-consumer business, uh, uh, something where we can have high engagement or high involvement, um, and uh, and then looking at the different categories, uh, we we saw that beauty is. I mean. 
engaging for a lot of people, especially uh, women. Now more and more men also, and there's been also a big change in the last ten years. But but beauty also has a history of maybe talking down to women, uh, uh, yes. fostering low self-esteem, and uh, not not empowering women necessarily, but uh, sometimes on the contrary, yeah, been yeah the wrong body targets or goals and yeah. uh, how, how to look and feel confident as a uh, as a woman oh. and um, for me personally I, I see this as one of the most inspiring things about goody box uh, the most interesting thing is that you foster this culture of positivity and encouragement rather than the the more toxic sides of the beauty industry which yes. we, we see more prevalently perhaps absolutely absolutely yeah and I think with the, with all the, uh, the I mean the the digital tools we have, we are getting so much more. I mean, we are looking at ourselves all the time. Also now, just talking on Zoom, uh, looking at ourselves. So and looking at your cell phone, you are looking at yourself all the time instead of looking out and uh, seeing all the beauty in the world. You are getting more and more uh, focused on how. I mean, more self-aware, and that could be good, but can definitely also be bad. Uh, so we, looking at the beauty category, we could say, hey, there's actually an opportunity to do something different in in this category, um, and and the way beauty has been marketed for many many years, it's been at that time has been the same. So we so there's actually an opportunity in in, in this category to do something different, and also to do something. Uh, something better and then at the same time from a financial point of view it's also a really interesting uh, category to be in it's it's huge and it's growing every year uh, it's been shown to be also resilient in in times of crisis mm-hmm. and you know, so this the beauty category is really really interesting because it, there's so many emotions and feelings involved and maybe had a history of talking down to women and uh, uh, not, I mean, giving low self-esteem instead of building uh, building people up or supporting people. And a lot of, I mean, a lot have changed in the last 10 years, uh, um, not just uh, due to into Goodie Box, but also with the, uh, many of the legacy brands that are also starting now to position their uh, the products in a in a different way, um, so yeah. that is going in in a better direction. But but I think that's also needed. But because looking at the younger generation, you are so self aware with the uh, with all the social media, and you're looking at yourself Absolutely. all the time. Uh, so Absolutely. I think we, a, I think it's it's a really important thing to kind of shift this dynamic within the beauty industry. Though it's about empowering and I'm feeling your best rather than detracting from, from people's selves, as you say, especially for the younger generation who are yes. constantly bombarded on, on social media with this, this image of, of perfect and, and beauty yes. standards that, that just aren't achievable because they're, they're done with, you know, um, yeah. filters and things like that. So many you filters know, and like Photoshop. And, and <laughs> yes, no, 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 absolutely not. And, and of course the parents and the friends, they all have a responsibility in that sense, but, the brands and the companies, and uh, we definitely have a, a, a big responsibility in, in how to, 
yeah, how to guide and 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 teach and coach the uh, the consumers and um, and I think that shift that is needed and I think it is also needed to give much more of the power back to the uh, to the end consumer. Uh, so it shouldn't be if you look at some of the biggest beauty brands in the world and you can see they, I mean, looking at the uh, executive leadership team, uh, they're coming out of the same family. They uh, And who am I to say? I'm 48. I'm a white, uh, uh, white male with a long education and so forth. But, but really looking at the leadership teams and you can see that they, 8 out of 10, they are... Men plus sixty are out of the same family, and and we want to yeah. change that. We have the ambition to change that and give much more power back to to the actual consumer and, and be much more community led and and community built. And uh, and that's a good thing about also being direct to consumer, where we uh, we are getting feedback and data uh, instantly, uh, so we can also react much much faster, and we can create products that uh, the end consumer actually is asking for and um, and we don't need to wrap it in in all kinds of fancy marketing with uh, celebrities or supermodels and uh, because we can create products that uh, the end consumer actually told us they need or this is what they're looking for so so i think that's that's higher engagement absolutely no no absolutely and i think we and and we shouldn't take that trust for granted uh, so we, uh, the members, they have been our core focus since day one. So since we shipped the first box to 500 members in Denmark back in in, in 12 in uh, January 12th, the members have been the center of all we do, and that is still the case today, 10 years after, and we are now in 13 countries that we really have the we are member centric in the best possible uh, way. So we are. We are proud of our tech stack and so forth, but we are not a tech company. Uh, we are also extremely proud of uh, the product, but we are not a product company. We are really a member company, and we take the members there as a starting point for all we do. And that is the case now, 10 years, uh, uh, 10 years in, and that will also be the case in 10 years and in 20 years and so forth. So really taking the members' best interest as as a first and, and yeah. Absolutely. And and as you mentioned there, you know, you've now expanded in, in your 10 years of existence into about 13 countries um, across Europe. And mm. uh, what's really refreshing is that, as you say, you're, you're member-led. You're doing this for your community and, and based on consistent and, and frequent feedback from your, your members. Yes. So how does this is member-led approach feed into your company's growth strategy? And how do you see that influencing your, your market expansion? Uh, that has also changed uh, over the years. So we were actually a pretty mature company before we went into our first international market. That was the Netherlands back in 2018. Uh, so at that at that point, we were actually a six-year-old company uh, just operating in Denmark. Uh, but I mean, there's many good things to say about Denmark, but uh, it's really a small company, a small country, right? So it's sure. uh, Denmark is uh, looking at population is uh, smaller than Munich. Uh, so we, we knew being a happy moments company, you want to create as many happy moments as possible for our members. We knew we wanted to go international at some point. Um, 
And I wish I could tell you, uh, Patricia, that we it was really thought through and we had the best uh, uh, plan and so forth for entering into the Netherlands, but it was, in fact, super opportunistic. It was... Okay. Um, it that was makes for really, a more exciting story. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really, really based on amazing people. Uh, and I think that's also one of the key learnings of uh, now 10 years in is that it is all... I mean, it all boils down to people, uh, regardless of what kind of business you are in, if it's a SaaS enterprise or it's direct to consumers or whatever kind of business you are in, it all is boils down to the people. It, I mean, that's all that matters. And going into the Netherlands, it was really due to an amazing uh, colleague of mine uh, called Miga, uh, uh, who... Uh, she was working at a uh, at a Dutch startup called Bloomon, that subscription on flowers, um, handling their entering into the Nordic markets, and that's how I connected with her. and uh, And we just instantly saw that she was the perfect match for uh, for Goody Box. She understood the uh, the DNA with the uh, the happy moments, and 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 she was being like proactive, say, hey, if you're considering going into the Netherlands or Benelux at some point, let me take care of that. And she was, I mean, she was young at that time. Uh, she's, uh, she is still young, but uh, she was in her uh, like 28. Um, and and I think that is also what Goodie Box is really about, empowering cool, cool women and uh, giving them the space and going into the Netherlands. That is, I mean, that is purely meager. Uh, she uh, she was like handling Goodie Box Benelux as her own startup uh, with uh, like a minimal of support from from Copenhagen, but she just I mean she did that wow. by being super cool herself and um, very impressive. Yeah. Yes, like super super impressive, and we could see what I mean. What took us five years in Denmark, it uh, she did that in less than one year. Uh, building the team wow. and getting. Yeah, it was like super, super, super impressive. Um, and and we then took those learnings and uh, started to build a bit more structured uh, uh, approach, uh, the next country being uh, Norway. Um, um, and, and that actually went just as well as uh, the Netherlands. So we could see what we did good in Denmark, we can replicate and do even better in the Netherlands and now Norway. And um, and and then in 2019 we uh, we launched in six new markets. Uh, so we had the first six years was years we were only in Denmark, two more markets in 18, and then six markets in um, in 19. It's quite a, uh, quite a leap. Definitely a leap, and 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 I think it was also really at that time it was also the trend to just be super focused on hyper growth. Uh, of course, we are still having the members at the focus point for all we did. So we didn't want to compromise on the service we uh, we had with the members. So they, our members feel that they are getting this one-to-one attention. Uh, we actually see our members as our best friends. And we want to have the same experience in Germany as we had in Denmark, as we have in Finland, and as we had in the Netherlands, for example. So we didn't want to compromise on the service. So where normally you would have customer service we don't have customer service uh, we have a team happiness uh, we don't have agents working in customer service we have happiness heroes 
normally uh, it was you would have like a KPI, how many tickets can one agent and customer service do per hour? We have the complete opposite. So when we are in contact with our members, it is really how long can we keep that keep that conversation going? Um, so the the record is actually four hours and forty eight minutes on one phone call. And um, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I don't know how scalable that is, but that really tells a lot to both to that specific member, and she'll be an ambassador of Goody Box. She'll go and tell her friends and family, "Hey, look Absolutely. at I had this uh, amazing conversation with the Goody Box." And it's not just about now a, a box being late or a product missing or leaking or that conversation end up being all about a date gone wrong or problematic relationship mm. to my mother or uh, this issue with my friend and and that is that is the role we see goody box can play because we are really into delivering happy moments not just delivering great products but creating emotions and feelings and feel that the members feel seen and heard and that has been key in every market launch we have uh, made and and that i mean Mika in the netherlands she really she understood that instantly that was part of her personality and that was really also creating the playbook for going into more and more markets. And then as we... It's a very refreshing approach, you know, to... I mean, a lot of companies will, will, will say that the most important thing is obviously this connection with their, their subscribers, their members, but it's very refreshing to kind of see it in action and to see how it's, it's really influenced your, your whole policy of this very strong no, absolutely. with your community base. That, that's so, I mean, that is really the core of it because there's there's so many things we still don't know. We don't have a cue and the world is shifting and changing. No one could have predicted COVID and now we're having inflation at an all-time high, consumer uh, trust at uh, like an all-time low. So there's so many things you cannot predict. But when we have like a super, super clear North Star, and for us, it's creating as many happy moments with our members as possible. It makes decisions more simple. It's not easy, uh, but it's not more simple. So when we need to prioritize, make a hard decision, we can always look at, okay, what will create the most value for uh, for the members? And and that has been the guiding principle also for going into uh, to new markets. And I think we are a subscription business that where lifetime is like really, really important. And we can see we have a longer lifetime with our members than our main competitors have. And I think this, we are not compromising on the focus on the members that gives us an edge because there are so many times where you can see, okay, we can, I mean, make a short-term decision and short-term it would maybe give a faster return on investment, but we are building on this long-term relationship with the members. And yes. we can see we have extremely high trust with the members. So we still make a ton it's of a, mistakes. It's a long-term loyalty. Exactly. And we we make a ton of mistakes. We have done so in the past, and we will also do it in this year and the coming years. But because we have this trust with the members, they trust our intentions then it's easier for them to forgive us when we make these uh, these uh, errors or mistakes because they don't Absolutely. doubt our intentions, and that has been yeah, that's really been key for us. And and that's difficult yes. also when you go into a new market where you don't necessarily have that history with the members. So 
building that trust and 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 really stick to the uh, to the playbook and say, hey, this it actually worked in the past. This will also work in in France or in Poland or in on Italy. Um, but we have changed uh, our approach a bit in that sense where we. Uh, going into Benelux, we had uh, opened an office in Amsterdam. Going into uh, Dach, we opened an office in, in Berlin, and we um, we are now with the uh, the latest uh, country launches in Spain, Italy, France, and Poland. We are trying to do that uh, from a centralized point, uh, so based in in still in Copenhagen, but still try okay. to localize it with the uh, the employees. I was just so about to ask, how do you how do you localize it then without the offices there? Because in terms of language barriers and everything else, yes. it must be a challenge. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, you cannot be best friend with people if you only speak English. So we need to mm-hmm. be speaking to people in their own local language to have this close uh, connection to them. So we... So we have a lot of nationalities at, uh, at our office in Copenhagen. And I think that's also one of the, uh, uh, the strengths of Goodiebox that we have this diverse approach to it also. We cannot think that we can be a, a truly European or global brand if we all just blue-eyed, uh, uh, blonde Scandinavians uh, working out mm-hmm. of Copenhagen. So we, we need to be to have this uh, uh, diverse uh, setup. And again, also personally, me coming from this legal background where going into a law firm, we were actually, it was like clones, right? We all came from the same university. We all had the same ambition of uh, becoming a partner at a law firm and so forth. So we all looked, I mean, we all looked the same. We all had the same ambitions. We all driven by the same. It is so much more inspiring now to... uh, to be in a company where there's so many different backgrounds, and that is like educational background, but also um, ethnicity and uh, yeah, which country you come from, and it, it definitely. I mean, it's also been challenging for me, and, uh, and my management toolbox were like super slim when I started. Right, I only had this hammer. I uh, I I knew from from the law firms, and then. Being really challenged to see there, I mean, people are not necessarily driven or uh, motivated by the same stuff as me and and a thousand other lawyers, and trying to see how you can then be a leader in that setup. But that sure. is necessary, right? And uh, I've been really, really, I still develop a lot, I'm, and and we are in that perspective, we're still nowhere near where we should be uh, as a company. So. If you look at a six-person leadership team, there's only one—I mean, one-third are women—and and and looking at our our member base, it's like ninety-five percent are women. Uh, So, so we are not. So we are still still not reflecting that. that. Sorry. No, but I was going to say alongside that, you you do have two initiatives that you are pioneering at the moment at uh, Goodie Box, one being the yes. female founders and one being the female creators. Um, yes. Maybe we could touch on those a little bit. Absolutely. So we, if you look at the global uh, funding, uh, then only 2% of all venture capital uh, go to female-led companies. Um, that's Which insane, is right? <laughs> that is shocking. And it's... Uh, uh, it's in in 
in 2021, it was actually the lowest since uh, 2016. So it's not going in the like the right direction. Uh, even though you you do see some media coverage uh, from time to time, yeah, it, it's going it's going better, but that is the, unfortunately not the case. Um, we Goodie Box, we really want. We have some super cool women in house uh, that are just phenomenal. Goodie Box would never have been able to do what we have done in in the past if it wasn't for. Uh, people like Mika opening up and and yes. Benelux, uh, it's incredible profiles, yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, so we and we can see how how important it has been for Goodie Box that we have also had uh, not just internal uh, help but also external help, advisors, people just helping us, doing good. And uh, this is not something you can do by yourself. Uh, so. All the help we have got in the past, we want to pass that on. Uh, that's part of our DNA of also creating these happy moments, uh, not just for our members, but also for um, for super cool women with with an ambition and uh, someone hey, they can see, hey, we want to also Beautiful. help on this in empowerment agenda. And um, I really like that. It's really nice that you have this approach of, of passing it on and passing on the support. From, from where yes. we did. Yeah, yeah, and and we, I mean, we are ten year old company now. We're still we're still learning, but we also have we have learned a lot in the past. So how can we, uh, how can we help uh, and and pass it on to uh, other cool female founders and also female creators? Uh, and we uh, we just launched it, so it's still we're still finding our dancing legs. Uh, but we have made an investment, in, uh, and that's a, in a Danish uh, female-founded uh, company uh, called Beauty Booster. So it's within the category we also have some experience in. Mm-hmm. So we can uh, we can also share some them expertise on. and knowledge. Exactly, um, they are still it. It's a it's a great company. It's uh, it's uh, uh, also during COVID they were all the uh, the beauty salons and, and so forth. They were they were closed. They uh, they took it to people's home. Uh, so you can have young uh, makeup artists or young hairdressers or uh, um, uh, nail artists and so forth. So instead of people going to a, a beauty salon. These uh, beauty experts, they uh, they go to your home or they go to your work, um, and the um, the beauty experts they don't need to pay a lot uh, of uh, rent to get into a salon and so forth. They can they can really start uh, working um, independently uh, mm-hmm. in uh, early in their career, and it started by two phenomenal uh, Danish women, uh, Maria and Louise, and. Um, and this is something that we uh, at Goodie Box definitely uh, wanted to uh, to support, and we could see we could support them Great. with 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 funding, but also with their expertise. And um, and we did that also with a uh, a company called uh, Nordic Female Founders, uh, and that's a a small VC. Uh, with the uh, declared approach of uh, supporting female founders in, in the Nordic, hence the name. Um, okay. <laughs> and they have um, yeah, two, uh, two amazing partners, uh, Jan and Anna, and we, uh, um, we uh, um, yeah, syndicated the, uh, the investment with them. And uh, it was a, 
a substantial investment for uh, for the young company Beauty Boosters, but then also on top of that, the uh, the expertise that we could. Uh, uh, so this cliche of, of absolutely, it's, cl- it's the value that you can bring there. Exactly, kind of nice, exactly, you know? and we can see how important that has been for uh, for Goodie Box. Uh, also, with uh, I mean, getting not just money, but also uh, the uh, uh, the expertise in, in in any given field subject. Um, and because we can grow with uh, with Goodie Box and uh, these two founders, so currently they're only in Denmark, but they have the ambition to be uh, to be European. And it's, it's again, it's a it's a product that is of interest to many of our members. Uh, so that's that's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of synergies, and we could There's some, some and, crossover there for sure. Yes, and we can see it. It makes uh, the team at Goodie Box also make the, make them proud. That we as a company we can also support uh, these uh, these cool female founders, and it's also not just on a product side, but also on the whole empowerment side. It, it is also relevant for our members. They so when they pay twenty euros per month to be a member of uh, Goodie Vibes, and they get get these happy moments for themselves, but they can also see they are actually supporting. Uh, amazing female founders by being a member of Goodie Box. That that is building on the uh, on the community, and it's uh, so. This is this is not charity. Uh, we think I personally, I think it will be an amazing investment. Uh, uh, but we are doing good while we are earning money at the same time. Uh, so Absolutely. it's uh, uh, and so it's, it's like uh, a cyclical, circular kind of entity. You know, it's helping. Yes. It's everyone helping each other and everyone at the end of the day is feeling good about it. And there's a lot of positivity that can absolutely yes. come from this, which is a yeah. very refreshing approach to to the business for sure. And we uh, we haven't, I mean, we haven't yet supported uh, any of uh, uh, the uh, creators or the creative uh, people. So we only made this uh, one investment, but we also have the... Uh, uh, the application period is uh, throughout uh, the whole of 2022, um, and we have um, we have this Goodie Box Initiative advisory board. Uh, so that is not the leadership team. Uh, uh, that's um, that's representative from uh, the various teams in in Goodie Box. Uh, so they are making uh, this decision. Um, okay. So this again, this is. Community-led, very democratized. Yeah. Yes, exactly. This is something that should be of relevance and importance for the whole of Goodie Box, so not just something I or Nikolai or uh, the CFO see. Okay, this is uh, this could could be exciting. This is something that should be of interest for uh, for the whole of Goodie Box. So again, pass it on. Uh, there's so many things that I don't know, and I don't kid myself i should know so let's let's involve all the people that are much more um like up to speed on what's mm-hmm. happening in in the world and with the uh, uh the end consumer and with the uh, with the community so i think it's also because we want to build this company that is relevant in 100 years uh, we don't have any venture capital money in so we have we have we have some rich or wealthy families but they it, they're not built like a venture fund so where it's uh, it's a 10-year period where you need to both invest deploy money build, um, uh, develop companies and then sell them so we have these 
a couple of family offices in with wealthy families or individuals mm -hmm. that are much more long-term uh, and they can also see the the benefit for the brand or this happy moment uh, community uh, movement we are building that of course it makes sense to support female founders of course it makes sense uh, to support female creators because this is this is what goodie box is all about as a happy moment and it's company. about so it's very clear you know the, the principles behind goodie box is is thinking on this thing of longevity and thinking long term yes. and thinking how we can you can create something that's going to last for generations and exactly. it's doing so based on, on positivity and, and empowerment and and thinking about what's what's best for the community and the wider society that they, they make exactly. part of. So um, just to kind of, I guess, I mean, I think I feel like I could talk to you for, for hours about <laughs> all these topics. Um, we thinking, you know, what's the next steps for, for Goodie Box in, in that respect? So obviously you have these, these wonderful programs to boost female um, inclusivity and to, to have more representation and more diverse opportunities there. And um, I know Goodie Box also has Quasam very inspiring and forward-thinking initiatives surrounding sustainability and, and mm. including becoming carbon neutral by next year. So, yes. so I'm also just wondering, what do you see as, as next for, for Goody Fox thinking long-term? What, what's next yes. on the agenda? I think being, we don't see ourselves as a beauty company. We see ourselves as a happy moments company. Uh, uh, so we, we will look into adjacencies to the beauty box. So, and there will be not just a monthly box, there will also be a quarterly box and, and that is also supporting the uh, sustainability. Uh, uh, but we will also go into more uh, adjacencies that are even more focused on wellness and that could be physical wellness, but also mental wellness. And we have already started now with, uh, as a goodie box member, you also have access to uh, mindfulness sessions and where we have... Um, um, and we were working together with some really skilled and experienced uh, mindfulness coaches. Uh, we have, uh, as a good about members, you also have access to yoga lessons and also face yoga. And um, interesting, it's really it's about weird... wellness and, and and good from within. I feel you yes, know it, it's exactly good and living yes. good and, and promoting good. Yes, yeah, we uh, we we did a. Um, a survey with uh, with with our members, and we could see that it was. We thought it could be the case, but it was still shocking. Uh, so, ninety percent of the women, uh, and, and we are speaking about hundreds of thousands of women across Europe, they feel some kind of guilt every day. Mm -hmm. uh, that's insane. Uh, so uh, uh, I'd, I can share a video uh, with you also later. So we made this non-apology uh, um, campaign where I say, of course, you shouldn't feel guilt every day. Um, again, I don't, I mean, I shouldn't start with myself, but, I, but I'm also talking to my male friends and now I'm generalizing a lot, I know, but we don't go and feel guilt for something every day. But the, I mean, the vast majority, 90% of all the women, hundreds of thousands of women we ask, they feel guilt every day. And that is guilt for That's not being the perfect shocking. mother, not and being the perfect uh, uh, wife or girlfriend or uh, daughter or sister or 
that's insane. Uh, so we want to change. And, and guilt is obviously it's a very powerful emotion as well, and it, it, it is. very much takes toll. It is. But it's quite it shocking is. to hear the, these stats. Yeah. So how can we as a company help change that? And of course, a, a box full of beauty products in itself that won't change that. But having that positive reinformation all the time when we are in dialogue and talking to the members and now also creating yeah, more and more of these services so uh, digital products as well with the mindfulness and getting more connected to yourself uh, I think that's key and we will do much more of that uh, also in in the years to come uh, and this is where we can yeah building a true happy moments company uh, wow. that's the uh, that's the plan. That's the vision. Uh, and this is why we are excited to go to work every day. We can see we make a difference for people in that sense. It's absolutely. It's very exciting to, to hear the, these plans and, and quite inspiring as well to see how you can expand beyond into different markets mm. and continually with this underpinning message of, of feeling good and, and promoting yes. good and, and wellness. So it's, it's definitely going to be exciting to see what's next to come from, from Goody Box. Yes. I would love to talk more about that in the future. So let's definitely uh, uh, stay connected and talk about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so, so much for, for joining us and sharing all these absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. insights. We're definitely going to have to do a follow-up on, on some well, of these themes for sure. No, much appreciated. Uh, appreciate it. So thank you so much for inviting me in. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.